morning. I tell you, it's good to be in God's house on God's day with God's people. And I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here with you this morning. Uh, he did say, I, I just retired from uh, North Oxford Baptist Church, May the 31st. I don't work on any day that ends in Y now. And uh, so, but I tell you, your youth pastor, Derek Fortenberry, was in my youth group at North Oxford Baptist Church. And y'all did well when you got him. I tell you, he's a good man. Uh, it is a joy to be with you today. And I want to speak to you from Genesis today. And I want to speak to you on the life of Joseph. And the title of the message is Joseph and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Uh, I don't know if any of you parents have read this book to your child or not. But if you hadn't, you need to get it. Uh, this little book I found uh, one day as I was preparing a sermon. And uh, I thought I could use it. And in the front here it says to Jay. Jay's my son. And uh, it says from Mother... June 17th, 1982. And uh, it's the story of Alexander. Let me just read just a couple of pages and you'll get the idea of what I'm trying to share with you today about Joseph. Alexander says, I went to sleep with gum in my mouth and now there's gum in my hair. And when I got out of bed this morning, I tripped on the skateboard and by mistake, I dropped my sweater in the sink while the water was running and I could tell it was going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. At breakfast, Anthony found a Corvette Stingray car kit in his breakfast cereal box, and Nick found a junior undercover agent code ring in his breakfast cereal box. But in my breakfast cereal box, all I found was breakfast cereal. I think I'll move to Australia. And he goes on and goes on and talks about Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day that he was having. I heard another story about a little boy from Laredo, Texas, and he was having a bad day too because every time he would talk, it seemed like his mother would tell him, you're not speaking very good English, son. And so one day this little boy was walking down the streets of Laredo, Texas with his mother, and he says, hey, mom, look at them there cowboys with them there bow legs. She says, son, that is terrible English. She said, if I hear you say that again, I'm going to send you to Shakespeare's speaking school. Do you understand me? Little boy said, yes, ma'am. So he continues walking along, and he sees another bow-legged cowboy coming, and he says, hey, Mom, look at those cowboys. Them there, cow, them there, cow, cow. what am I supposed to say, Mom? She said, son, you're going to Shakespeare's speaking school. She said, that's not very good. That's terrible. So she takes her son, puts him on a stagecoach, sends him off to Shakespeare's speaking school for two years, and the boy comes back, and he's walking down the streets of Laredo, with his mama, and this time he stops, and he says, Hark, which matter of men are these who wear their legs in parentheses? <laughs> well, this young man had had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. But he was in Laredo, Texas. Now, Alexander wanted to move to Australia, but he couldn't move to Australia either. You ever been there? You ever thought, man, I need to move to Australia. I need to get out of here. I need to do something because I'm having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Well, that's what we're going to look at, the life of a man named Joseph. And if you turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 39, we're going to look at that. There was a young man that applied for a farmhand position. And this farmer and his wife were getting kind of old and they needed somebody to help them. 
So he put on his application, I can sleep when the wind blows. And the farmer thought that was kind of unusual. And so he hired the young man anyway. And then one night they were in bed and a storm came up. And it woke the farmer and his wife up and they said, we better go check things out. And they did. And they went and they went to the barn and it was secure. All the shutters were there. They checked by the fireplace and there were a bunch of logs all stacked up there ready for a fire. They also went to where they keep the tools and all the tools were put in a toolbox. They also went to check some of the machinery, but the tractors were just right where they needed to be in the garage. And then they went and checked the animals and all the animals were in good shape. And they realized that the young man had faithfully and totally taken care of every need that they had at that moment. And the young boy was asleep in the barn. You see, he could sleep when the wind blows because he was faithful in his job. This morning, we want to look at a young man named Joseph. And Joseph had some terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days. If you remember the story of Joseph, you know, when he was 17, Jacob, his father, you're my beloved son. And, and I kind of, and, and Jacob said, I, I just kind of love you a little bit more than the rest of them. And I want to give you this coat of many colors. And so Joseph got that coat of many colors. And his brothers were very jealous of him. And then if you remember, Joseph interpreted some of their dreams. And they didn't like what they heard from Joseph. And then they all decided one day that they would just kill him. They were that jealous. And then one of his brothers, Reuben, said, oh, no, 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 let's don't kill him. And so what they decided to do was to throw him in a pit. And that's exactly what they did. They just threw him in the pit. And they were just going to leave him there. And then some Midianite tra- uh, traders came by one day. And they pulled him out of the pit. And then they sold him for 20 shekels of silver. But then you know what the brothers did? They knew they had to do something to cover up what they had done. Because they didn't know really what had happened to him. They took his coat of many colors. And they dipped it in some goat's blood. And they took it to Jacob. And they said, look. And Jacob mourned because they thought his son, Joseph, was dead. And then years passed, and we pick up in chapter 39, and that's really where our, our focal point is this morning. Joseph was a faithful son. He was a faithful brother. But he had to deal with a lot of things. And we're going to look at three points this morning in this story in the life of Joseph. Number one... He was faithful in spite of temptations. Number two, he was faithful in spite of trials. And then number three, he was faithful in spite of tragedies that happened in his lives. So turn in your Bible, if you have your copy of God's Word, to Genesis chapter 39. We're going to look, first of all, at verses 7 through 12. The power of a faithful life. And first of all, we see that Joseph was faithful in spite of the temptations. You follow along as I read verses 7 through 12. And it came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in this house. And he has put all that he owns in my charge. 
There is no greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you. Because you're his wife, how then could I do this great evil and sin against God? And it came about as she spoke uh, to Joseph day after day that he did not listen to her or lie beside her or be with her. Joseph was a handsome man. It tells us that in verse 6. It also says that he caught the eye of Potiphar's wife. He was tempted, but he refused the temptation and he resisted her advances. And then in verse 9 it says he would not violate his master's trust. His master had given him everything. And Joseph had been faithful. And he was not going to do anything to go against what his master wanted. And then in verse 10, day after day, it says that his wife propositioned Joseph. Day after day. The temptation was there day after day. And sometimes probably in your life and in my life, we get tempted by things. And we have got to fight off that temptation. That's exactly what Joseph did. He was determined to stay faithful to his master and to stay faithful to his God. And that's exactly what we see that Joseph did. But then in verse 11 came the perfect opportunity. Look in verse 11. Now it happened that one day that he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the household was there inside. And she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and he had fled outside. Day after day, it happened. You see, Satan makes sin look so good. You know what he really does? Satan, what he does, he gives us gift wrap garbage. You get a nice box, you get a nice bow on the top of it, and it looks so pretty. It looks so good. But then when you open it up, you take the bow off and you open the box top, guess what? There's still garbage in there. It's gift wrap garbage. You see, Satan never tells you about the consequences of your sin. See? I love to bass fish. And I have a little lure called a nipadiddy. And it's got three treble hooks, two spinners. And I can throw that bait and I can pull it. And the bass is attracted by the color of the bait and the sound of the bait. And they'll just attack that nipadiddy. But you see, they don't know the hooks are there. And they don't know they're fixed to get reeled in. See, that's exactly what Satan does to you and to me. He tempts us. He doesn't tell us about the consequences of our sin. But you know what happens then? We get hooked. And Satan got us. And we need to remember that every apple that Satan has, has a worm in it. Every one. You remember Joshua? Remember they had, they had to fight Jericho? And God gave them a plan. They went and they defeated Jericho. Huge place. Then after that, God told them, when you, when I, I'm going to give you Jericho. I'm going to give it to you. But don't you take any of the spoils. Don't you take anything. Then there was a guy by the name of Achan. You remember that? Remember Achan took something, hid it under his tent? And then you remember after Jericho, they went and fought a little old bitty town. And they said, how many are we going to need to whip them? We don't need all of our soldiers. But they went up and they came back 
and there were some men killed. And Joshua tore his clothes, put on sackcloth. He said, Lord, what in the world's going on here? Here we go, we fight Jericho. He said, and now we go up to Ai and we get defeated. What are the people going to say? Here's what God said. Let me tell you something. You got sin in your camp. You got sin in your camp and you got to get rid of it. And so Joshua went around to all the different tribes and he finally got taken. He said, Achan, what'd you do? He said, I coveted some stuff and I stole it and I hid it under my tent. And then at the end of that chapter, you know what it says happened to Achan and his family? They took his livestock, they took his children. They took his wife, and they took Achan, and they stoned him to death, and then they burned everything to ashes. There were consequences to Achan's sin. Now, a lot of times, God does this. He just taps you on the wrist, and nothing else happens. But I'm going to tell you something. Sin never wins, but faith never fails. And Joseph was faithful in spite of all the temptations that he had. You see, the consequences of sin, it brings disappointment, it brings discouragement, and it brings defeat, just like it did in Achan's life, and it will in your life. Now, temptation is never of God. Well, how do we know that? Well, in James chapter 1, let me read you some verses. Temptation is never of God. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. And he himself does not tempt anyone. Temptation is always within. Look what it says in 14 and 15. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. When temptation comes, we got to deal with it immediately. Like Barney said, we got to nip it in the bud. We've also got to deal with it realistically. We've got to get away from it. We've also got to deal with it ruthlessly. Do whatever it takes to avoid it. And consistently, consistently be there and be faithful and not succumb to the temptation that God wants us not to do. And then finally, we need to deal with it confidently. And we can do that. You know why? Because greater is he that is in you and he that is in me than he that is in the world. And that's the confidence he says in Philippians 1, 6, be confident of this very thing. He that began a good work in you will perform it until the day he comes back. So we can be confident that God is going to help us through the times of temptation. Remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? Three times he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Father. And then they tried to tempt him. Remember the devil tempted him? He says, I shall not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written, you can't do that. And then he tried to tempt him by worship. And then he says, you shall worship the Lord God only and serve him only. So when Satan comes to you and Satan comes to me, that's what we've got to do. We've got to say, it is written, Satan. It is written. Get behind me, Satan. You will not prevail because Jesus never fails. And the first thing we look at, the power of a faithful man. Joseph was faithful in spite of temptations. Number two. Joseph was faithful in spite of the trials that he faced. Look in verse 12. It says, we talked, she caught him by his garment 
and he's saying, lie with me. And it goes on there down through verse 14. She called to the men of her household and she said to them, see, he has brought in a Hebrew to us to make sport of us. He came in to lie with me and I screamed. And it came about when he heard that I raised my voice and screamed that he left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. When trials came to Joseph, you know what happened? He got blamed. He got blamed. Potiphar's wife blamed Joseph. It's the trial of being falsely accused of rape. Can you imagine that happening to you? Being falsely accused like that? She blamed Joseph. And then look after she blamed Joseph, she blames Potiphar. Look in verses 17 through 19. He says, she says to uh, Then she spoke to him and these words. The Hebrew slave, listen to this, whom you brought to us came into me to make sport of me. And it happened as I raised my voice and screamed that he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Now it came about when his master heard these words of his wife, which she spoke to him saying, this is what your slave did to me. That his master, it says his anger burned. So first of all, he was accused of raping his master's wife. And now his master falsely accuses him and he is forsaken by his master. What a trial that he's facing at this time. But you know how he got through all that? You know how Joseph was able to get through all the temptations and the trials? Look in verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor. You see, that's the next thing that happened to him. Faithful in the spite of tragedies. You ever had a tragedy in your life? Maybe an accident. Maybe you lost someone. But a tragedy came in your life. Well, God wants you to be faithful in spite of the tragedies. Let me give you two verses. Nahum 1.7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knows those who take refuge in Him. Psalm 46.1. God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in time of trouble. You see, Joseph was in trouble. It was one of those... Terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days that he was having to go through. He'd been thrown in a pit. He'd been thrown into slavery. He'd been accused of rape. Now his master was forsaking him. And now he has the tragedy of being thrown into prison again. Let's look at verse 22. And the chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail so that whatever was done there he was responsible for it the chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him and whatever he did the Lord made it to prosper you know why because Joseph was faithful and the jailer knew that he could trust Joseph during this time. A tragedy. Thrown into prison. 
But yes, it said that God was with him. And whatever he did, Joseph was prosperous in his life. You see, Satan will throw these things at you. And Satan wants you to throw in the towel. Satan wants you to give up. But God wants you to rise up and be faithful. He doesn't want you to be a cop-out. He doesn't want you to be a drop-out. He wants you to be an all-out for him. The God who loves you, the God who saved you, the God who bought you with a price with his blood on Calvary is the one that will always be faithful and true to you. That's the God that I serve, and that's the God that you serve. Last year, I went to a movie, and it was called Unbroken. Some of you may have gone to see the story of Louis Zamperini, where he was on that boat, that little raft or whatever, for 47 days. But he made a promise to God, if you'll get me off this raft, he said, I'll serve you. And that's what he did for the rest of his life. And that's what God will do for you, too, if you'll just serve him and be faithful to him. One of the greatest things that someone can ever say about you or say about me is there goes a faithful man. There goes a faithful lady. Faithful to your family. Faithful to your spouse. Faithful to your children. Faithful to your church. Faithful to the call that God has you for. God has placed you at Longview Point in Hernando, Mississippi. And no matter what temptations you have, no matter what trials you go through, and no matter what tragedies you have to deal with, God wants you to bloom where you're planted, right here. And He wants you to be faithful to Him. You see, we serve a God who is a God of sovereignty. He's always in control. He's always been in control. He'll always be in control. And Joseph was faithful in spite of of all the things that happened to him. So we need to keep on giving, keep on living, keep on praising, and keep on praying. Over 2,000 years ago, there was a lady by the name of Mary. And Mary took a box of ointment, and she broke it. And it was worth a year's pay. And you know what she did with that? She poured it all over the head of her master, Jesus. And some of the people thought, how stupid would you take a year's worth of ointment and pour it on a man's head? But you know what Jesus said about it? Jesus said, let her alone. She has done all that she could. Let her alone. She's done all that she could. If Jesus walked through the back doors and came here and he came and he pointed to you and he says, have you done all that you could do? How about, how about you over here? Have you done all that you could do? How about this group over here? Have you done all that you could do? Could he look at you this morning and say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You come on, go with me. See, that's the way we lead to live our lives. In spite of our temptations, in spite of our trials, and in spite of the tragedies that we have to deal with. If you're faithful, let me tell you what can happen to you. You'll always be able to sleep when the wind blows. And you'll never 
have to move to Australia. God wants us to be faithful.